0: Welcome back to It Doesn't Look Good, I'm the host, Tim. This is the first episode of Season 2. We'll be putting out a new episode of It Doesn't Look Good every Tuesday for the next several weeks. This week, I got to sit down with someone you might have heard of. Batman. Well, not THE Batman. The Little Rock Batman. Dressed as one of the world's most iconic characters, he brings joy by helping his community. Whether he's visiting a homeless shelter or delivering Christmas gifts to kids in need, unlike the comic book version of the Caped Crusader, the Little Rock Batman always has a smile on his face. Today, he tells us how he almost lost his life to a chronic illness, and how being Batman helped him to shift his perspective and see God's plan. So without further ado, here's the episode.
1: Well. I am the Little Rock Batman. I'm Batman, if you will. Um, no, I'm Batman. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah, so I guess my Batman journey started in the summer of 2016. I was just going through the grind of life. I didn't feel like I had like something really to, I don't know, I was just looking for more with things. and. I was like, I just need to put on, like, a bat suit and just, like, walk around. <laughs> like. Clean up the city. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Or maybe, like, lift up the city. I was thinking, like, how awesome would it be if I just saw, like, a superhero walk by. You know what I mean? Right. And then I was like, maybe I should just do that, you know? So it's taking the idea of, like, the unexpected horrible news you hear, but making it like, oh, I, like, freaking saw Batman today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so, yeah, I was trying to...
0: Just to kind of... You wanted it to be, like, a a thing that people could see and, and say, hey, all this bad stuff is going on, but I saw Batman today. And yeah. It was kind of crazy and, and cool. And, yeah,
1: just the moment that someone's like, is that... Batman? And you, you always you're always a little afraid at first, and then it's like Am I going crazy or is that Batman? Yeah. And I feel way more uncomfortable if I'm going to like a planned Batman event. I, I walk I walk around town dressed as Batman is like what I do. Yeah. But I also do like planned events and stuff. Sure. And yeah, I'm always way more uncomfortable doing those because my power is like in the element of surprise. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So
0: that's kind of awesome, though. Yeah. So, for listeners who don't know or who might be from out of state, I've got with me the Little Rock Batman. And his whole thing is he's got an Instagram page and he walks around the city and takes pictures of himself as Batman with just people around the city and does planned events as well. But the the biggest thing is just to, like he said, have the element of surprise and and see people around the city just to give them some joy and, and some hope even. We're gonna talk about that today and I'm gonna let him kind of tell you why he felt called to do that or, or why he felt like that was something he needed to do. Obviously, he, he started off with his story, so just kind of give us a little more details as far as kind of what that looks like.
1: You mean my specific adventures or what led me to, like, do it? All of the above. So we do, I do a few different things. I have a, a Batgirl and a Robin with me now. Starting out, yeah, I would just walk around town. I, I think I made like three or four outings before like things kind of changed for me but I was like it was fun to see people's reactions and like these different things but it might have been something I did and then stopped doing you know what I mean right and then towards the end of the summer I also work outside so I'm working outside as Bruce Wayne you know it's hot and I'm like I'm just not feeling right I was doing a lot of like weightlifting and bodybuilding at the time and I also was like dropping weight and I was like man what's going on and then I would get these just awful like cramps and what's weird too is uh when you say cramps do you mean like muscle cramps or I would get muscle cramps probably from like dehydration mixed with things but I was getting cramps in my in my stomach and guts really bad yeah and what's crazy is I feel like I don't know it took a while for me to get diagnosed with what was wrong I think a number of things like led to that. But over the course of like 6 weeks I lost I was probably like 180 and I ended up at like 150.
0: Holy smoke. So that's yeah. 30 pounds in six weeks. And you're not trying to lose weight. Yeah, not time. at all. You're I trying was, to bulk yeah. up. Right? Yeah. So so like you said, you, you spend a lot of time working outside, mm-hmm. and working out, building muscle, like in the gym, even yeah. building muscle and yeah. trying to trying to build muscle. Mm-hmm. So you lose 30 pounds in six weeks. hmm I would be absolutely terrified. Anytime I I lose any amount of weight, I'm always like, what's happening? Even if it's just like three pounds over the course of two weeks or something, what is going on? So, so tell me what that's like, like what's going on in your brain whenever you step on the scale and you realize, okay, it's, I've I've hit 30 pounds.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's discouraging. It's also like, uh, I, I used to be a swimmer when I was younger. So I'm used to being, like, physically active. And I'm also used to my my body just, like, eats fat real quick. Sure. So I, I can lose five pounds within a couple of days. But I honestly, I wasn't on the scale until I went to the doctor. Another thing that was wrong with me, my intestines were, like, filling up with blood, which is, like, really gnarly. And then I went into deep research mode. And I'm actually a kind of good researcher. I don't, like, just hop on, like, the worst of the worst immediately, you know. Sure. Um, and I was, like... I bet what this is is ulcerative colitis based on, like, my research. Really? Mm-hmm. But uh, for some reason, the doctors could not pin it down, and, like, it was this whole thing. And I was getting worse and worse and worse. I was getting worse, like, really quickly. I couldn't get so, into a real doctor.
0: Yeah, so over the course – so you go – at you said after six weeks, you go to the doctor, mm-hmm. you realize, hey, I've lost 30 pounds um, – and I've, I've got these other symptoms going on. So how long has it now been since that initial doctor visit as they're kind of going through trying to figure out what this is? Mm-hmm.
1: I tried to make an appointment. It kept getting pushed back for various reasons. And over that six weeks is when I did the research. That's when I, started, I realized I was losing blood, like rapidly losing weight rapidly. Also, my mouth, my whole intestinal tract had become ulcerated. So I had ulcers from, like, my guts up to my gums, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't until I finally, like, emergency got into a doctor at the six-week point.
0: uh, So it it wasn't an emergency room visit? or
1: It wasn't. We have a friend who's a doctor, and he realized my situation realized I wasn't able to get in anywhere and he was like I'm gonna set you up with this if you can't get in like today you need to go to the emergency room and I wasn't aware of how dire my like situation was you know what I mean so yeah at about that six week point from the time I started getting really bad I was able to get into a doctor finally and they immediately did a colonoscopy to see what was going on and yeah I was in a I was in just a really bad in place so at that point did they diagnose what it was? Were mm-hmm. they able to? And they
0: and they said that it was ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm.
1: It was really severe ulcerative colitis. So
0: so can you give us just a brief definition or kind of explanation of what that is? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a complicated thing. Crohn's disease, arthritis, psoriasis, and ulcerative colitis all have to do with your immune system attacking your body, sort of. So it's inflammation specifically inflammation of, like, your intestines is what's going on. You gotcha. know what I mean? And that can affect you in different ways. Um, because of that, I have to be careful about inflammation. My, I'm prone to arthritis. I have really bad psoriasis. But, yeah, yeah, and at that time, I, I mentioned I was a swimmer, and part of swimming is, like, kind of putting your head down and just being in pain all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, like elite athleticism or whatever. That's, like, what it is. So that's what I was doing. I wasn't taking it as seriously as I should have. You know what I mean? Yeah, it got out of hand.
0: You just get, as a swimmer or as an elite athlete, Mm -hmm. you get to the point to where you can um, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you're saying that you were just, you got to the point to where you're like, this, I'm, I guess this is just life now. This is my body. And so I'm just going to be comfortable being uncomfortable with this stuff that's going on inside my body.
1: Yeah, and, like, you also learn to, like, trust your coaches, I guess, being an athlete. So, like, my doctor said I couldn't get in for, like, over a month. So I was like, I'll just wait till then. Like, they know yeah. what's going on. You know what I mean? But when, once push came to shove and I made it into that that emergency visit, you know, they said I probably had about two weeks left before things started getting – before surgery and like possibly death and stuff. Oh, wow. So yeah.
0: kind of describe to me in that moment when they're sharing that with you, what is that like? Just were you there alone? Were you with your wife? Or mm-hmm. just kind of ex- explain that to me and then tell me just like maybe your like emotions and her emotions when you mm-hmm. are talking about it and just kind of what that, that felt like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was Cuz
0: to hear that you're 2 weeks away from possible death yeah. is a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah. I was there with I think I think both my parents and my wife. I was a little not super coherent because my situation had just been really rough. So when I when I finally got the news, I was honestly just relieved to be like being taken care of. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, oh, shoot, you know, but they're on it. You know, I had an IV, so I was getting, like, fluids I needed. I just didn't know what I was doing, you know what I mean? If you ever, like, feel like something's wrong with you, just go to the doctor, like, right away, yeah. you know what I mean? But I, like, I should have gone a lot sooner, you know? But, yeah, hearing that news, I think the ramifications, I think because I'd been such in, in such a dire state, I was just glad I was, like, in hands and that I was going to like make it, you know what I mean? Right. So I don't think the, the fullness of like the depth of the disease hits me in waves still. Yeah. Um, like I'm technically kind of in a small flare up right now. I'm going Wednesday to get, uh, have a procedure about that.
0: So what does that look like?
1: It can, it can be a couple of different things. I have more inflammation just in general. I, like, don't absorb nutrients properly yeah. so I can lose weight easily. And then there is, again, that, like, kind of internal bleeding, which is rough. But I know how to handle those things better now. So
0: just to kind of recap, we may not have mentioned this at Mm -hmm. the top of the story, but this all started kind of right when you first started doing the whole Batman thing. Yeah. You were how many months into it?
1: No, I mean I had planned the Batman thing like before the summer started. I wasn't actually up and going because stuff is expensive. Sure. Until towards the end of the summer and this all started around the same time. I had been Batman for like 4 weeks. Yeah. When I started being like, "Man, I'm kind of sick." It was a lengthy process to like recovery from that doctor's visit. I was on an outrageous amount of steroids and a whole bunch of different stuff. I still like pretty much couldn't eat. I had, like, kind of stopped eating by the time I went to the doctor because food just, like, when you're that ulcerated, I couldn't even, like, swallow water, you know? So I was just, yeah, I was in a bad spot. So it it was a lengthy process to, like, recovery. But in that time, the Batman thing, like, sealed into something, like, a lot more important because I was operating as Batman through that. Yeah. you know so i like so it gives you almost a
0: different perspective even mm-hmm. just going for it, from going hey how cool would it be to just see a superhero walk mm-hmm. by one day to now it has even a bigger purpose yeah so t- tell me a little
1: bit about that yeah and it it does it has a bigger purpose and it gets your mind off yourself like i was physically in such an awful awful state But then I go to, like, a homeless shelter. You feel so powerless, I guess, over your life, you know? You think, like, you're so strong and this and that. And then you realize, oh, man, life's really not in my control. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you feel all those feelings. And then you go to, like, a homeless shelter dressed as Batman, and you see, like, these people that have had it. A lot harder than you, their whole life, and you just see their faces like light up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it it helps you get your mind off yourself, and that's part of the importance of being like this anonymous Batman because it's not you really. You know what I mean? It's like they don't see you; they see Batman. You know what I mean? Right. And you're, I'm just like a tool to get to like function as that. You know what I mean? But it's not actually technically me. You know? Yeah. It just I don't know it. It was really good for me in my recovery to feel like I was, like, giving something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so just powerlessly, like, wallowing.
0: <laughs> yeah. So just to be clear, in kind of the height of your sickness and, and even before, you know, you said you were two weeks from death mm-hmm. or maybe even just, if, if not death, but life-altering procedures, mm-hmm. and you were out at homeless shelters, doing this Batman thing, understanding that you are at that point now and just still keeping at it. You said it it, it kind of changed your perspective, and and you saw it as as more important than just going out and dressed as Batman. But would you say that it, it was because maybe did you feel like called to do it like you just felt like maybe the lord was saying hey this is something that is important because as silly as it might sound mm-hmm. like it does bring joy to people and it brings hope and whatever else
1: mhm yeah and it it very much could be in that way and it was it was a gift for me as much as it was like a service do you yeah. know what I mean so i think god could have called me to that even for my own recovery It was giving me hope by giving other people hope yeah for a moment you know what I mean yeah and it is it's like a physically I was thinking about like the image of a God that would be like carrying a cross like carrying the thing he's gonna die on you know he's a God that knows what it is to suffer
0: right Tell us a little bit about you know so you're you're starting into treatment now. Take us from there. You know, you've you've had those conversations with family and the and the doctors and they're telling you how severe it is and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So kinda of take us from there.
1: It was a long process getting back to business. I really I just couldn't do very much. It took a while for my body to be able to like eat stuff. Steroids made me like freaking lose my mind, genuinely. <laughs> like, yeah. At one point it was like up in the middle of the night. Cause I was like, someone's in the dryer, you know. <laughs> uh, and I, I yeah, it was crazy. I like really thought someone was in the dryer. But yeah, it's like a waiting game. Is there so much patience that you have to have, and like you have to maintain hope, cop, ca- cautious optimism, you know? Right. That like this is going to make you better because you're. It's just it's bloody miserable, you know. Yeah. It's it's tough stuff.
0: What were some of the things that they told you? hey, we're going to start this treatment, but if if it doesn't work, this is kind of what we're looking at. Was death still on the table? Like, what were the...
1: At the time, I've healed very well to the point I am now. The last time I was checked, they said they would think I didn't even have the disease. They would think I might not have ever had it, which is interesting. But at the time, they thought it was going to be a very, very severe case. He said it was one of the worst ones, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was It was going to be a big deal if I was going to be able to keep all of my intestines and whatnot. That's a very common thing. And probably be on a lot, you know, stronger medicine. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, the intestines basically get so damaged from the inflammation caused by your own body that they can't, like, work anymore. So you get like a bag kind of thing and, and ostomy mhm and i my like transition to health was really wildly smooth but i was able at that time to gain like an understanding and an empathy i like have never i never thought i would like have i guess you know yeah for those situations.
0: So how long have you been kind of in clean, good health?
1: So about a year after that initial situation, it got bad again.
0: Yeah. So so I guess tell me between the time that you were diagnosed until, you know, it, it kind of started to, quote unquote, clear up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, how long
1: did that take? Yeah.
0: Well, not how long, but just the the treatment that mm-hmm. it took to get you to that point. Tell me about that.
1: It was a, It was a list of a lot of different stuff like trying different medicines that don't work, maintaining like a dangerously high amount of steroids, trying to keep my body from like fighting itself. I also had pretty bad luck with doctors. The doctor I had turned out to not be the best situation. It was just like a comedy of errors but also yeah. a lot of things that came together really well. For me, what I was able to find is that, like, my stress levels have a huge amount of, have a huge amount of, like, pull in this situation. Yeah. So I had to learn to manage stress in, like, a way. Like I said, I was a swimmer when I was little. Yeah. But in some ways, I was probably a little too little to handle the, like, intensity at which I was training and like swimming yeah and i think i handled i learned to handle stress maybe in not the best way you know i would just internalize it yeah so yeah i've had to learn to like either talk about it or truly let it go you know what i mean right and from that too i learned like exercise and things different workouts different supplements different stuff. So I think as much as my medication switching around helped, I think my lifestyle changes helped a lot too. I've always been active, but I had to learn to be like tactical about it. You know what I mean? You know, everybody you want to work out to lose weight or to build muscle or whatever it is. But I realized I have to work out now to like live. My goals in the gym are like second now to like, I just have to go to the gym, you know? Right. It's easy to be like, oh, well, I did arms yesterday and I don't want to do legs today. But it's like, I just got to, it doesn't really matter what I do. I got to do. You just s- got to go. I got to do something and I have to be like sore somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I have to keep, I just have to keep in there. I found supplements that worked. Diet, I'm like always experimenting with things, probiotics and stuff. Finally, I, yeah, after comedy of errors and different doctors, I have a really great doctor now. I'm on a really low amount of medicine and the flare or whatever I'm currently in I don't even know that I'd call it a flare it's it's very minor and it is like an in control thing and I attribute that to all the people that have like helped me along the way but I'm very aware that my situation is rare for how this disease and how things like this typically go you know what I mean yeah it's just a yeah it's just a tough thing and I'm very thankful for where I am now with it all, you know?
0: Yeah. So now what does your your treatment, just to keep it at bay, I guess, what does mm-hmm. that look like?
1: You mean my, like, typical treatment?
0: Oh, I mean just, like, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Because mm-hmm. this is something that is – it's a, a chronic illness, right? So uh-huh. it's something that you have to constantly think about and yeah. constantly be – just prepared to, to take care of it on a day-to-day basis. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm it's kind of like the scientific method. Like you find things that appear to be working and I'll experiment with it, you know? So something I found that appeared to be a thing is if my sleep gets messed up, if I sleep too much or too little, it will, I'll have sort of an inflammation influx in my body. So I've had I've had to learn how to, like, kind of gauge that stuff. And you can do stuff. Like, I could eat, like, sweets right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, like, one step closer to maybe something not being good. You know what I mean? So right. for me, I try to wake up consistently at the same time, go to sleep consistently at the same time. That can change. I have wiggle room on those things. I try to go to work consistently and then work out at a, like, consistent pace. It's all about sort of consistency, what you do the most, I guess. Um, Then foods, I try to not eat inflammatory things, which hurts because, like, some of those things are the best things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But it really is. Once you've gone, like, so low, you're, like, willing to do anything to not be that low again, you know? Yeah. So things... Acidic things, tomatoes, so that's tomato sauce, so that's a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. But I can find alternatives. Like, there's, I can eat pizza. Like, I just, what I see as pizza, a lot of people don't consider pizza. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just think about olive oils, and I don't know. I'm digressing once I talk about pizza.
0: That's all right. I think we all do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So tell me this. I, I really want to know kind of the... Emotional slash spiritual side of everything that you you went through, mm-hmm. um, and that you you deal with on a day to day basis, and mm-hmm. just um, your you know kind of how you deal with that, and, and how you deal with the emotions, what the emotions even are. You know, for example, when when Caitlin was sick, and even after she passed away, there were times when I was angry, Mm -hmm. um, and angry at God and angry at just the world around me. Mm -hmm. So obviously that was something that I had to, to work through. I constant prayer about it. So tell me kind of where your head was at day of diagnosis. And you said it was a comedy of errors that, that first year of treatment. Mm -hmm. And then even now today, just kind of walk me through all of that.
1: You know, at the start, It was, like, something I was, I guess, just afraid of and then suffering through. And then once I got through that, really, once my lifestyle became a habit, I didn't think about my, like, condition every day. You know what I mean? I was able, which that in and of itself is an outrageous blessing. It wasn't, like, something I... I almost forget I have it because my things are, are a habit, how to handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then once something is like a bitter reminder of like the situation and something that's tough about inflammation, autoimmune stuff is that it can change at any time. You know what I mean? It's not, you can be in remission, but things can shift on you based on anything. Anything can happen that'll trick you, you know? So like, for example, uh, things got bad again about a year after that whole situation. That was when I, I was like, I want to go back to school and, like, finish my, like, degree and stuff. And that wasn't in the cards for how my condition was. You know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't handle that little increase of stress at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, you get, like, knocked down a little bits along the way. You know what I mean? Even if it's, like... Thanksgiving you're know, like you know what I'm gonna have two pieces of cake you know and then it's like well you know that's not really something I can do anymore <laughs> you know what I mean right. just things like that and, and that, so
0: that that's the kind of stuff that that it just really gets under your skin it makes yeah
1: you... because again I, I've had I've been privileged enough that my habits what what I need to do to like be okay is like been ingrained as a habit. But because of that, yeah, I'm reminded every so often that, like, oh, that's not really Oh, I can't
0: do that. Yeah, that's not going to work.
1: Or I'm not going to – it's not going to work in the same way for me. I've had to find a way – I've been working to find a way to make my dreams come true without school, you know? Yeah. And ways to work out. Like, my joints aren't quite right. I have really skinny wrists to begin with. Yeah. But my wrists, my grip –
0: I can sympathize with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My grip
1: strength, my wrist, my joints, things aren't where they need to be. You know, the psoriasis, I like – there's never really a moment that I'm not in some kind of itch. I'm not, like, a little uncomfortable because I've, sure. I've got real bad psoriasis. Really, genuinely, I have so much more to be thankful for than not. Yeah. But the you can, in moments of weakness – the accumulation of those things can just really make you feel pretty sorry for yourself. You know, I get it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You, you just, I like. I'm not trying to do anything extraordinary. You know, I'm not trying to like do anything frivolous. I just want to like live. You know, like right. that's all I'm fighting to do. I'm just trying yeah. to live. So it's, It yeah. can
0: seem not very fair, not being able to have that second piece of cake or whatever. Yeah. Or just you know, all those little instances that you said. But it remind is remind
1: you. I know, like. I was able to have one piece of cake. You know what I mean? That's a right. lot better than most people in my situation could yeah. achieve. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know, you just you just kind of view things with life differently. And yeah. I have a great supportive family that's been like, I've been able to proceed in that way, you know? Yeah. I know I it wouldn't have been possible by myself.
0: Yeah, I think... As far as just being helpful and things in your life that can make it bearable, even those those darkest kind of moments or the hardest moments, just to make those bearable is a support net. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly on you know different episodes and on the website and just everywhere I talk about our support net that we had and mm-hmm. the reason why Hope Against Hope exists is because of the support net that we had and just Mm -hmm. our family and friends and our church family and just even strangers that Mm -hmm. rallied around us and supported us financially and spiritually and emotionally and just were there for us. So Mm -hmm. I can completely identify with that and can completely see where you're coming from as Mm -hmm. far as having people around you to to support you and if you if you don't mind and you can or you feel like you can mm-hmm. just give me a little glimpse of of what that looks like for you or what that looked like even in the hardest moments mm-hmm. of just if you've got even just a short story about hey I was feeling this way and and my mom or dad or wife or whoever mm-hmm. you know they they were there and they said this and it, just whatever anything like that at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, for my wife, it's like this, it's an everyday thing, you know. She, she like, she supports me in so many ways every day with it. She doesn't want me to feel down in the dumps, but she lets me feel as down as I need to feel, you know what I mean? Right. But then is able to pull me out if I get too low, you know. Sure. She's. I mean, it's not easy to, like, allow your husband to, buy really expensive Batman gear and walk around town all the time. (laughs) You know, like, that's not necessarily something a lot of people would be chill with. Yeah, And she's always been chill and supportive of that. You know? Yeah. And, you know, my dad, like, my dad's always been, like, this pillar of strength to me. And he... Seeing him just day to day, like, makes me feel more strong. And my mom, like... My mom is the same thing. My mom said... Actually, a story my mom said... I was feeling really down about trying to do school stuff and all that. That's always been a struggle for me anyway. I have some, like, learning things. My mom told me that we tend to, like, lean too much into linear stories, you know. But life is really, honestly, rarely linear, you know. Like, you think you're just supposed to progress from wherever you are. And you always do in some way, but sometimes progression looks like Going backwards or feeling like you're going down you know or you'll be up and then you'll be sideways it's not just because you're down when you thought you'd be up doesn't mean you're not going to be up I guess you know and that just meant a lot it yeah my family has taught me to have patience with myself and with everybody
0: yeah so kind of going back to the Batman stuff how do you How do you think that that would look now had you not gone through the health stuff? Yeah. Do you think you'd still be doing it? Do you think it would be one of those things that you just do, just like you said, you started just to say, hey, man, this is Mm -hmm. is cool. I got to see that man today, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I know it became something more to me through that whole thing yeah, and through like what's going on all the time. Yeah. It's difficult to say but I know what has happened has like solidified it as something more you know. And it it, like I don't know it, it gave me a purpose when I really felt like there wasn't a lot I could do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. It's helped me. I don't know. It's just helped me quite a bit. Yeah. And hopefully I've been able to help other folks in some way. At least, you know. Yeah.
0: So what do you what would you say that your your plan for the future is? Or how has even how do you feel like God can can use your story, I guess, as a better way mm-hmm. to ask that question?
1: I hope I can be used as an encouragement. And then maybe even, like, guidance. I've talked to a lot of folks through my, like, Batman thing. It's funny, you don't—the Internet's a weird thing. You don't know very many people around you that have the same thing. Via the Internet, all of a sudden, there's quite a few. Yeah. Um, So I've been able to talk to people on there about that. And then, yeah, I feel like sort of a new chapter in my life opening up in terms of the future I don't know like dreams outside of Batman and outside of different things are like becoming more possible even in the midst of my like sickness Batman's allowed is like been able to train me like the mindset and everything I need to have to like move forward you know and again my Batman thing I don't know I feel like people are always obsessed with like growing which is understandable but like I don't know that my batman thing like has to grow. It can, and that's fine if it does. Yeah. I just want to keep doing my batman thing and whatever comes of that, comes of that, you know. Sure. Yeah. In a lot of ways just trying to trying to like intuitively or like from what I've been trained to do by like god in the batman stuff has like saved my life in a lot of ways, I think. I think yeah. I'd be in a lot worse place if I hadn't like leaned into that you know what I mean leaned into do it like the Batman like the service and yeah it like I don't know yeah, yeah.
0: so just to, to kind of uh, stay on that train of thought mm-hmm. there's kind of two avenues that I want to to pick your brain about and the first one is how do you feel like your faith has helped you through just that you know your diagnosis and your your sickness that you went through.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it definitely, like, reoriented my faith. I think it's like a combination of the world we live in and, like, probably misunderstandings about what it means to be a Christian. You unintentionally, I think, create this narrative that you're somehow, like, the main character. You know what I mean? That, like, God works for you. I'm not sure where that comes from. It's internalized somehow. Maybe it's, I don't know, just the way we live or something. I don't know. But when the sickness, like, comes around and slaps you down in that way, you—it's jarring. It hurts for—that realization hurts, I guess. And it's a realization— you all of a sudden become very, very small, you know? Right. And it can be, you have a choice, I guess. It can be a nihilistic thing, you know? Or it can be that now that you see how small you are, you can see how big God is, you know what I mean? hmm That there's all these moving pieces. It almost takes you out of the puzzle of life, yeah. you know?
0: So whenever... Caitlin was sick and fighting and or even right after her diagnosis is, is really when I felt this way. But it was just this this feeling of, you know, God, where are you at? Mm-hmm. Like we, we 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 left our backs exposed, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like we're we're living for you every day. Um, we're we're giving our lives to see the next generation come to know you and live for you for real not just mm-hmm. you know saying hey we're Christians and living another way but, yeah and and here we are in this situation and I feel like you've let me down mm-hmm. and so I can kind of I can kind of see where you're like the point that you're making of just you can be nihilistic and, and mm-hmm. say you know kind of have that thought of like God where are you at? It doesn't feel like you're close to me. And then you can also take it back and and say, you know, I see you in this. or, or And that was really the biggest, for me, kind of the biggest turn was mm-hmm. me going, hey, God, where are you at? And then at, at another time during the whole thing going, oh, okay, you know, I see you mm-hmm. in this. Like even though Caitlin is sick right now and even though she um, – may ultimately pass away. Like, mm-hmm. I see your hand in this, and I see your work in that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you gain a sense of perspective, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: It's interesting to hear from you. Your perspective is not the immediate one. I think it's easier when things are happening to you, you know what I mean, to, like, be tough about it or be strong about it for some reason because you can rationalize because it's you. Yeah. Here in your perspective, it's like the person you love, you know. Right. Yeah, that's just, that's a really hard thing. But that's in some ways even stronger to hear where you could find hope in it. You know what I mean? There's
0: absolutely nothing you can do by yourself. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing that I could do to... Make Caitlin better to heal mm-hmm. her. There's nothing that I could do physically or or otherwise to mm-hmm. make her better on my own mm-hmm. or in my own power. And so ultimately, all I could do is hope in Christ. All I could mm-hmm. do is trust in the Lord and trust that He is good and that He loves us and that He has a plan for us, mm-hmm. even if even if she does not get healed on this side of heaven, like all I could do is say, All right, like, I trust you. I know that you you are a loving father who wants the best things for me and who's mm-hmm. going to take this and use it for my good and your glory. And ultimately, you know, that's how Hope Against Hope was born was mm-hmm. just I I saw the the need for financial assistance for, mm-hmm. for families that are fighting what could be a terminal illness, life-threatening illnesses. Yeah. And then also I just, I could sense the Lord calling me and saying, hey, this is your purpose. Having a purpose is what makes it, you know, it's what gives us the ability to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you don't have a purpose or if you feel like you're not called to something, it's easier to just sit Mm-hmm. and just not move forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it will get worse and Yeah, you're you're Batman too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> We're all Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? We are Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, is there anything that you've learned that you feel like you you kind of want to share about yourself?
1: about God Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I've learned I've learned things and I feel like what's interesting is I'm learning more things as time goes like I I said or like my mom said we tend to think of life as a linear thing but things will pop back up you know what I mean like you think about a disease you want to say you have it you almost died you push through and now you're done you know but I'm gonna to have to push through, a whole lot more times probably. That's one thing I learned. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I learned to, I learned to just take a deep breath. You know, sometimes you just have to step back and just recognize, like we don't really. It's not really in our power sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. And I, that's okay. Learning to trust and learning learning that you're not the main character is helpful. I think I've learned really well the, like, uh, the humble, the humility lesson, I guess, is a big thing. And now, what I'm trying to learn is how to, like, go after a dream again.
0: Because of the illness, you had to put your dream on hold, mm-hmm. which is...
1: I'm like a movie maker kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to make movies. Sure.
0: So because of because of your illness, you had mm-hmm. to put school on hold. You had to put your dream on hold. Yeah. And so what is that like? Just, like, were you crushed? Was mm-hmm. it something that you were just kind of, like, mentally you were okay with? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. and And then once I kind of get not on the tail end of my sickness but just, like, under control yeah. then i'll move forward tell me about your emotions surrounding that
1: yeah and maybe it's the like elite athlete thing <laughs> i don't know but uh i need to find a different phrase for that <laughs> but uh swimming is a pretty elite sport yeah it's just brutal man but uh so for example this came to play earlier actually in my life with swimming i was I was like a, like a nationally ranked swimmer and I developed an allergy to the chlorine. So I had to learn there. I was like, well, I've been doing this since I was like four and I don't really know what I'm going to do with my life now, you know? Yeah. So I learned to just like set that aside. And then I like, you dare to dream again, you know, I like found a new thing I wanted to do. and then, In movies. Yeah. Yeah. And then like. Something like a sickness takes it away. But I fell back into an old reflex, which was like, well, this, it is what it is. You know, I didn't even let myself feel emotions about it really. You know, it's like, well, that's just not really going to work. And then.
0: So did you at that point start making a new plan or trying to go, okay, my dream's not going to work. So what am I going to do now? What's going to be my new dream? After
1: getting sick? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't think I really... I've been on several... I've had several conversations approaching the Batman like it was a dream. You know what I mean? And I don't know that it is necessarily. I think the Batman, like, saved me. Sure. And it, like, gave me a purpose. Yeah. But, like, just, like, in Batman, Batman's, like... And the, like, redo of his origin story, he's, like, sitting there all angsty and, like, bleeding. And he, like, doesn't know what he's going to do. And then this, like, bat rushes through the window, and he's like, yes, father, I'll become a bat, which is, like, so epic. (laughs) Um, And I feel like, in a way, that wasn't even a dream as much as it was, like, a rescuing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, gave me a purpose and, like, made me strong again. And then eventually, now I'm to the point that I'm daring to, like, open my heart and mind and will to, like, dream again. You know what I mean? And potentially yeah. With be... the movie thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so just going a different route than, yeah. than school.
1: And... You just got to be hearty, I guess, you know? You just kind of, like... It's, like judo or something you just like got thrown on the mat it's like well got to do a different thing right and i don't i don't want to say the whole like sometimes you get knocked off the horse and you got to get back up like sometimes
0: i think that's in batman too (laughs) is
1: uh why do we fall so we can learn to pick ourselves Uh. up (laughs) i think you have to recognize it's a privilege to be able to get back up you know what i mean yeah not everybody does but it's a privilege to be able to get back on the horse you know and that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it you have to recognize this is like it's a gift you yeah. know it's like well I'm on the horse like let's try again you know what I mean Yeah. so that's kind of where I am now and yeah Batman is I owe a great deal to that dude <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: thanks again to the Little Rock Batman for being on the show if you want to know what he's up to, you can find him on Instagram at thelittlerockbatman, all one word. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Just in case you weren't aware, It Doesn't Look Good is sponsored entirely by Hope Against Hope. If you haven't taken the time to check out our website yet, you can do that at Hope. And please consider making a tax-deductible donation while you're there. Every dollar donated goes directly to people that have life-threatening illnesses and to make sure we can continue to provide that much-needed financial relief. Thanks.